Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Last show there, we talked about the trade deadline and everything that happened, and it was very successful. And thanks everyone for this my most successful show yet. Uh, I want to thank everyone who follows, subscribes, and that who uh, um, uh, for Habs Unfiltered uh, Toxic Tuesday is part of the Habs Unfiltered brand. And uh, I want to thank everyone here for making us, uh, you know, one of the top Montreal-based uh, uh, podcasts. Uh, and Canada, thank you very much. And we're in the top 100. Actually, we're in the top 70 uh, best podcast, uh, hockey podcast in all of Canada. That's up there with Spit and Chicklets and uh, Don Cherry and 31 Thoughts and all those other great uh, podcasts. So, uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about uh, Habs fans versus Leaf fans and ex- expectations and the way they look at our teams and stuff like that. First half, the second half, I'm going to get into uh, the drafting and uh, the way the Habs are drafting. And prospects. We'll talk prospects. So Habs fans versus Leaf fans. Uh, it seems to me uh, Habs fans who are very, probably one of the most passionate hockey fans in all of the world, if not the most passionate hockey fans in all of the world, uh, it seems we're never happy. Habs fans never seem to be happy about anything. Uh, uh, we have a, a GM, Mark Bergevin, who came in and won three division titles. Uh, he went to an Eastern Conference final. He made the playoffs four of his first five years. And uh, everyone has the "What have you done for me lately?" Uh, attitude. He he came in with a uh, with a plan. Uh, whether you like it or not, I don't. It doesn't really matter. But his plan was to build through the draft because uh, you just can't trade or get a uh, number one center or this top player that you need without going through the draft or giving up a, a, a tremendous amount to, to to acquire him in a trade or something or, or something like that. And uh, Montreal has a uh, hard time attracting uh, UFAs. And uh, so that, that, that's a thing there. And, and that, that's not just under Bergevin. That's been for a while. There's not a whole lot of UFAs we get here. <coughs> uh, to name a few, Camilleri, I think, was a UFA, uh, Gianta, and guys like that. But no one, no huge names, really, in, in, in my opinion, have we, uh, we gotten in, in, in quite a while. Uh, 
so having said that, it uh, it it uh, it's interesting to sit there and say that our, our fans are happy. So now now the focus is on well, we've missed three of the last four years. It's going to be four of the last five years. Uh, we need to make the playoffs, but we don't want to be mediocre. The team's been mediocre for 20-some-odd years, uh, but, but we have to make playoffs. Uh, we need to build a contending team, but we got to make playoffs. Uh, uh, our, our fans are a bit spoiled, and the reason I, I compare us to the Leafs fans is the Leafs fans are the exact opposite. They're not spoiled at all because they haven't done anything for about 30 years. Uh, not that we've done anything, won a cup or anything since 1993, but the Leafs... You haven't won it since, what, 57, 50, whatever it was. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is the Leafs, the Leafs look at their team and they, they get a player in a trade and they think, oh, man, like the this year, Clifford and uh, uh, Campbell there. That, oh, Clifford's going to change this team. He's going to change the dynamic of his team. We finally got someone's going to stick up for our players. We finally got a backup goalie for Anderson. Yeah, we're so excited. Canadian fans seem, when we get a player, they seem to be sitting there like, oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, well, last year he only played well for 20 games, even though he got 50 points. He got them all in 25 games. And they, they always try to find the negative of every player that's coming to the team. Uh, I haven't seen anyone. Well, I shouldn't say I haven't seen anyone, but I just see a lot of fans, no matter who it is, who we get, they just seem to be always unhappy. Oh, yeah, this guy. Or, or we're like with our prospects. Toronto gets a prospect, and they draft him like, I don't know, 30th overall or whatever it is or wherever they drafted him, they're like, oh, this is going to be the greatest draft pick we ever had. This seems like they're so optimistic about everything. I don't know why, because nothing's been optimistic for the Leafs in forever. Uh, I mean, they haven't been past the first round, but I'm going to get that in a little bit later. And and then it seems like Montreal, we draft a player. It's like Cole Caulfield drops in our last 15. Oh, he's small and he's just a prospect and he hasn't proven anything. Our prospects haven't proven anything. Oh, they're just prospects. Everyone thinks we, we're so good. Our prospects are so good, but they've done nothing. Yes, of course they've done nothing. They're prospects. We're looking at them as the potential that they could do, what they've done compared to other NHL players at the levels that they're at now and what they could do for our team uh, when, when, we, you, when we have them. For instance, Cole Caulfield, he dropped a 15th. We picked him up, and everyone was it was a steal. Like, the Philadelphia fans were so upset that we got, you know, they didn't pick this guy 14. And now all you hear is, well, I don't know. The Montreal development's terrible. Now, granted, Montreal's development hasn't been great, but uh, under Bouchard, it seems to be a lot better now. Uh, uh, Jesperi Kotkinemi. Oh, well, we picked him third. Oh, we should have went with this guy. We should have went... Oh, he... 30-some-odd points as a rookie. He's done nothing this year. Oh, he went to the minors. He's he's terrible. I mean, Brendan Kelly wrote an article about how he's probably going to be a bust and how Montreal hasn't drafted a, a 70... Of course, Brendan Kelly picked certain... Oh, we haven't had a 40-goal score. No, but we drafted three 30-goal scorers. Uh, matter of fact, Pacioretty had 39 goals. Uh... Uh, Gallagher is always between 33 or 35. Galchenyuk is a 30-goal scorer, believe it or not. Uh, Galchenyuk had other issues. So, I mean, I'm going to get into drafting on the second half of the show here. But to sit here, like, why can't we be more optimistic about what we have? Uh, 
Scott Wheeler, who's not a, a Habs reporter, says the Habs have the second best uh, uh, prospect pool in all the NHL. Scott Wheeler said that. Craig Button's been saying for two years now that we have at least a top five prospect pool. It used to be 26th. So to sit there and say, complain about our prospects, how they're just prospects, well, of course they're just prospects. Every player that drafts a player is just a prospect. Matthews was just a prospect. Marner was just a prospect. Dreisaitl was just a prospect. Do your research. Before you say they're just prospects, do your research and see what they did at the levels of the same other people. Now, I know some people will come back and say, oh, well, yeah, Cockney and Emmy did this at this age. Well, uh, this player did this, but Cockney and Emmy was older, or, or Cockney and Emmy was this, or Cole was this, Caulfield was that. So, I mean, uh, uh, Bergevin just did a, a interview uh, with Brunet, and uh, he basically said he doesn't think Cole Caulfield's ready for the NHL. Uh, they want him to stay another year in the NCAA, which I think is great. It's, I think it's a great move. It shows that, hey, we want to develop this guy properly because everyone's complaining that we don't develop. Now we're saying we want to develop it, and now people are bitching and complaining that, oh, well, Cole Caulfield, well, 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 why aren't you bringing him to the NHL? If he's ready to play, he should be ready to play. Where is he? Then they're, everyone's saying he shouldn't stay in NCAA. Uh, Wisconsin has a terrible coach, terrible team. Not wrong. They have a lot of talent on the team. They did nothing this year when they should have been one of the top ten teams in the NCAA. Um, however, you want a player to dominate in the league he's in before he moves to the next step. Even though Cole Caulfield was a scoring leader with uh, 19 goals, uh, he had 37 points in 36 games, I think, or 38 points in 30, something like that, uh, he did well. I don't think he dominated, but he certainly uh, did very well in the league. So for him to play another in year in NCAA and then dominate is good for his development. Uh, now, Bergman also said in that interview that, well, if he doesn't want to play NCAA, then he'll go to Laval. Perfect. Put him in Laval. Get him used to playing against men. Get him used to playing against, you know, on, a, on bigger ice and, and, and see how he goes. I mean, the guy is only 5'8". He's only my height. I'm not very tall. Uh and, but he can get himself open. He has all the skills to be a top goal scorer in the league. Brian Wilde said it best. He doesn't know how he's going to be five versus five, but he's definitely going to be a power play, uh, excellent power play guy, which is something the Habs need. Like, we don't need a 80-point score, but, hey, if he can get 30, 35 goals, 40 even, then, hey, we're, do, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. And when it comes to Kaki and Emmy, uh, the guy is 18. He came into the league pretty much as a 17-year-old. He had 35 points as an 18-year-old. Liney Dreisaitl only had 34 points in his first year as a 19-year-old. Comes in this year, <coughs> had a groin injury. He had a bit of a concussion. He had uh, surgery on his knee in the offseason. He gained 15 pounds, and he had a tough time uh, in the league this year dealing with all that. He gets sent down to Laval, and now he's a point-per-player guy in Laval. So... Is he a bust? Hell no. He's not a bust. He's probably going to be a good 2C, maybe 1A, 1B type center. He's 19, folks. He's 19, and right now he's doing very, very, I'm not going to say he's dominating, but he's doing very, very well in Laval as a point-per-player guy. So let him play in Deval, Laval. Let him put get to the point where he's making it look easy. Move him up into the NHL. So... It wasn't much of a comparison of Leafs versus Habs fans, but I just find with Leaf fans, 
even though they're obnoxious as hell and think they're the greatest thing that ever happened, even though they've never gotten past the first round in, what, 30 years or something like since the 90s. Uh, so really, they have nothing. They have no argument. Uh, at least they're optimistic and positive about their team, whereas Montreal were so spoiled because in the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, 60s, we were winning cups every other year. Uh, I mean, I got into hockey in the 80s. We won a cup in 86, went to the finals in 89 against lost to Calgary, and then we, we won in 93. Um, but, geez, guys, it's, it's a whole new league now. It's, 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 it's a salary cap era. There's more teams now. It's not as easy to win the cup anymore. Uh, you have the salary cap. You have all this issue. No Canadian team, by the way, has won since 93. Not one. I think it has a lot to do with taxes, Florida and Dallas and a lot of them, or Texas and a lot of them uh, uh, states and the states don't have tax or don't have state tax. Therefore, if you get paid $7 million, you're getting $7 million put into your pocket. Whereas in Montreal or any Canadian city, you're not going to get that much. So if you want to play in Canada uh, and get paid the same as a guy in Florida or whatever, then your team's going to have to give you, if you're, you know, your buddy's getting $6 million in Florida, <clears throat> Toronto or Montreal or Edmonton is going to have to give you seven and a half. And then Montreal is even more because of the, the Quebec tax. So it's not easy <clears throat> to sign free agents and bring them to Montreal because you have to overpay. Uh, ben Sherratt's a good example this year. He's getting three and a half million. Is Ben Sherratt worth, well, he's playing like he's worth three and a half million this year. But coming in, was he? Probably not. Probably some other team in Florida that could probably give him two, two and a half, and it'd be just as fine. But here in Montreal, we got to pay a little more. And uh, I just want our fans to be a little bit more optimistic. Listen to the experts. They're experts for a reason. And they're saying this is good because it's good. The future is bright. The plan is to build through the draft. And, and uh, Bergman's taking a shotgun approach to that, making, hey, we got 14 picks. Boom, hopefully we get someone. Uh, the last three drafts have been pretty good. Again, I'm going to talk about that in the second half. But, uh, yeah, let's be more positive with this team. Let's look at the team for what it is. The core isn't too bad. Gallagher, Price, Weber, uh, who else? Deneau. Uh, for now, Tatar and Petrie, although I think one of them's gone in the offseason. I don't know if both of them are going to be here after next year. But uh, we have a pretty good core. When healthy, this team is a playoff team. It's pretty much the same team as last year. Last year, the team got 96 points. Anywhere between 94 and 98 points is going to get into the playoffs this year. So Montreal, if healthy, would have made the playoffs this year. Or I think they'd make the playoffs this year. And they're not healthy because they don't have the depth because they're a rebuilding team or a resetting team or whatever the hell you want to call it. It doesn't really matter. And they don't have that depth yet. That's why Pittsburgh could get through all their injuries. That's why other teams can get through the injuries they got through. I mean, look at Toronto. They had a bunch of injuries, and they're struggling to make the playoffs. Not just because of injuries, they have a lot of other issues, but they're struggling to hold up to the playoffs. The only reason they're even in there is because Montreal and Florida have been playing like shit. Same with Buffalo. Um, so, so yeah, so just be more optimistic. Look, be more optimistic about the future and stop, stop being so emotional about this. We all know a lot, a huge percent of people are not happy with the Habs, not because of what's on the ice, not because it's been missing for the last five or whatever. It's because they don't like the guy in charge for whatever reason. I think a lot of you don't like him because he traded a certain player, and we need to get over it. It was three friggin' years, three years, three teams ago. Get over it. He made the trade. It didn't hurt the team. Uh, you can sit there and say it hurt the team all you want. It did not. Uh, he hasn't really lost a trade yet can't bring in UFAs, 
he's not perfect. He's not great. He's not even the greatest GM in the league. He's not even close. He's an average GM at best, but at least he does have a plan. And if his plan is pretty simple. We want to make the playoffs every year with the core we have. We think we can do that, but we're also going to build through the draft. So if we miss the playoffs, we're okay with that. Uh, if you can't accept that as a fan, if, if, if you're going to complain, we never make the playoffs, three or four, four or five, blah, 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 and then cry about mediocrity, then you're just really arguing against yourself. Because the only way to not have a mediocre team is to miss the playoffs if you will, draft well, and then build the team. Uh, and that's kind of what Montreal is doing, whether it's by design or by per or not, but that's what they're doing. He's been saying this for years, and that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, anyway, like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to rant and defend Bergevin. I think he has two years, and he doesn't actually get the wheels going. If the wheels just keep spinning the way they are, then he got to go. But uh, anyway, uh, this has gone on long enough. I'm going to go to a commercial break, and I'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about drafting, and that'll be today's show, and we'll talk about what's coming up on Habs Unfiltered. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Today. Not a real product. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain hand. Do not use... If you're healthy, if you want to loyalty, buy a dog. Enjoyed those uh, commercials there. Uh, I know I certainly did, and I certainly do. So here we are now, and I'm going to talk about the drafting. So everyone's kind of getting uh, looking over at uh, Tim, uh, Timmons there and going on about how his drafting has been pretty shitty through the years and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going to throw a little bit out there and believe me if you want or make up your own story, whatever. I'm not going to tell people how to fan or what to think. I'm just going to give you my opinion. If you agree with it, great. If you don't, you know. Tell me about it. Tell me why you don't agree. But I'll tell you now, if you're going to tell me why you don't agree, back it up with facts. Back it up with actual facts. Don't just spout out what you're doing, because that's what I try to do. So, Tim Timmons has been the GM for the past 15 years. 15 years? 17? Or not the GM. They involved in the draft, let's say, for the past 17 years. So, 15 years, 17 years. So, 2004, 2002, something like that. And yeah, we'll go to 2002. I'm not sure which one it is. So in 2002, we had the 14th overall pick, and we picked Chris Higgins. 
Uh, yes, C Chris Higgins. Absolutely nobody. And then the next year, in 2003, we had the 10th overpick and commit Andre Kostitsin, who went on to have a fairly okay career with the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Kyle Kachura was next. He was picked 18th. We also picked a guy in, uh, in 2004 called Alexi Emelin. Uh, who ended up being, I think, a pretty good defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. He was picked uh, in the third round, uh, the 84th overall. Uh, and then we go to 2005, and we had the fifth pick, and we picked Carey Price, and we all know how that turned out. Uh, then after that, it gets kind of blah. So we got uh, David Fisher, who's picked 20th. Uh, Ryan McDonough was picked 12th, who went on, actually, 2007 was a great draft for the Montreal Canadiens. You got Ryan McDonough, Max Pacioretty, P.K. Subban, and Yannick Weber. Uh, we all know what Pacioretty, Pacioretty and McDonough both came in the first round, 12th and 22nd, while P.K. was the second rounder, 43. P.K. is a Norris Trophy winner, Max Pacioretty is an annual 30 goal scorer, and Ryan McDonough is probably one of the, ah, he's an average defenseman in the NHL, a top defense, top four defenseman in the NHL, playing on his would be third team now, but he never really played with Montreal. Uh, then in 2008, you get he didn't have a first-round pick. His game, he liked to trade off his first-round picks. He had uh, Danny Cristo, 56 overall. And then the famous Montreal draft where it really became the terrible draft. We got Louis LeBlanc at 18th. So there's a common theme to here. 2010, Tenorti at 22nd. Bulio at 17. Then we get Alexander Gilchenyuk at 3 who in that top five, we also get Charles Hood on out of that uh, draft, by the way, uh, and Brendan Gallagher out of the 2010 draft where we drafted uh, Tenorti in the fifth round. So people don't like the way Timmons draft. They said his drafting has been terrible. So I just went back to 2002. I'm pretty sure he came in in 2004, but it doesn't matter. And if you really look at his first-round picks, they're not bad. Carey Price, uh, McDonough, Pacioretty. LeBlanc sucked. Uh, Tenorti was 22nd overall. Bulio was 17th. Galchenyuk at 3rd. McCarron 25th. Sherbeck 26th. Juleson 26th. Sergachev 9. Paling 25th. Kotyanemi 3. And Caulfield uh, 15. So look at where he's picking for most of these picks. Paling 25th. Juleson 26th. Sherbeck 26th. McCarron 25th. Tenorti, 22. LeBlanc, 18. Bulio, 17. Danny Cristo, 56. Uh, McDonough, Pacioretty, 12, 22. Then you got Subban, 43. So I'll go back to 2007 because that was a pretty good draft. I'm not trying to pick and choose here. You had Fisher at 20 and Price at 5 and Kyle Kachera at 18. So, Carey Price, 5. Galchenyuk, 3. Kotkinemi, 3. Are the only top 5 draft picks that... Timmons drafted in the top five. Kotkaniemi, I think he's going to be a 2C. I think he's going to be a good 50, maybe 60-point score. I'm happy with that. There's nothing wrong with that pick. Nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, Gelchenyuk, third overall pick. Guess what? He's a 30-goal scorer in the NHL. Yeah, things went off the rails. He can blame development. He can blame his dad. I don't care. He can blame drug use. I don't know if he actually used drugs, so I don't really want to even say that's what the factor is, but that's what people talk about. Um, whatever. He didn't become what he should have been or could have been. However, of that top five, uh, he's probably one of the better picks. Riley ended up, Morgan Riley ended up being the better pick, but 
at the time, he was the guy to pick. And then we have Carey Price at fifth, and we all know what happened there. But if you look at the other picks, if you really think about it, uh, Louis LeBlanc was not the pick Timmons wanted. Timmons wanted uh, Kreider. Uh, but it was in Montreal, and uh, Ganey wanted to pick a French player, and Louis LeBlanc was the best French player at the draft. So, as we talk about drafting, and we talk about where are they draft pick, if you're drafting, jeez, 20 or higher, which Montreal did, let's see here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Seven. Seven times in Timmons' career. It's it's hit or miss. Bergman's not wrong. It's, a lot of it has to do with luck. Because uh, it, it's hit or miss. You're, 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 they're going to be... I mean, Grant McKegg or, or Brian Wild would have a better view on this, but it, it's a very hit or miss when you're drafting that high. Uh, you're hoping to get a good player. You should get a good player. He's a first-round draft pick. However, he may not be. So when you're drafting under 20, so we had Kyle Gachera at 18, McDonough at 12, LeBlanc 18, Bulio at 17, and then we have uh, Caulfield at 15. It's a little bit better numbers. Now, mind you, Caulfield is probably going to be an NHL player, whether he's going to be a superstar or not, who knows. Uh, we all know what happened with Bulio. He is an NHL player. He's played out in Winnipeg, so he is still playing. He just didn't turn out to be the guy he was. But another guy who has family issues and going on and, and, and stuff like that. And then you have uh, Louis LeBlanc, who turned out to be nothing, who wasn't even who wasn't even Timmons pick. McDonough, who ends up getting traded for Gomez, which is probably one of the worst trades in Montreal history. Uh, so if you really look at the drafting, he didn't draft terribly. Juleson, an injury. Shergachev is going to be a top-four defenseman, but again, we traded him away for Druin. Paling looks like he could be a really strong 3C or maybe a top-six uh, winger. Kotianemi looks like he's going to be a 2C. Some say he can even be a 1C. I think he's going to be more of a 2C. And then you get Cofield, who I think is going to be a 30-40 to 40 goal scorer in the NHL. So you look at that and you think and say, it's really not that bad. And if you really think about it, he's only really had control of the draft on his own, been really the guy since he became assistant GM in 2017. So really, it's only been the last three drafts that he's been in complete real control of, pretty much making the decisions with Bergevin agreeing with. And in those ones, you got guys like Caulfield, Struble, Norlander, uh, Harris, Cam Hillis, Alexander Romanov, Jesse Yolanen, Jasper Kotniemi, Paling, Brook, Fleury, Primo, seventh round pick. So if you're going to sit there and say Timmons is a terrible at drafting, you're not really looking at the big picture. You're not looking at the whole picture. Uh, you're not looking down the line. You're not looking at the reasons these guys were picked. You're not looking at who was picked before and after them. Who, where were these guys ranked when they were picked? Uh, how far off the board did they go to get these guys? And, uh, I mean, Jake Evans with a seventh-round pick in 2007, or 207 overall in 2014, and he looks like he's going to be our fourth C going forward. So, Jacob DeLaRose, second-round pick, 34. He's a regular NHL. Fourth-liner, regular NHL. So, I mean, you can look at this and you can go, oh, he's draft terrible because none of these guys are really making an impactful NHL 
But when you're drafting 15 and up, 90% of the time, you're not going to get a superstar or impactful player. If you do, you got it by luck, like Gallagher or, uh, uh, like I say, Jake Evans or Primo when they got drafted in the seventh round or uh, uh, Markov, who was drafted in the fifth round. So so if you're, if you're going to go complain about Timmons drafting, really look into it before you start complaining about it. And really, and then if you still come back and say, no, I think he's a shitty drafter, then all right, fine. I don't agree with you. I don't think he's a shitty drafter. I think he's just been in a product where he wasn't able to draft these top high-skilled players because he was in position. You can argue Kotkin Emmy. I'll accept your argument, but I'm giving this guy two more years, and I think you're going to be wrong about Kotkin Emmy. I think he's going to be not a superstar for Montreal, but I think he's going to be a top player for the Canadians. And is he going to be a 70, 80-point scorer? Probably not. I don't... I mean, you can put numbers like Brendan Kelly had... Oh, we haven't drafted a 40-goal scorer. Why are you saying 40 goals, Brendan Kelly? Oh, I know why. Because we drafted 330 and up goal scores. Pacioretty had 39 with the Canadians. So, you know, whatever. Be that way. Oh, we haven't drafted a 70-point guy. Well, no, we haven't. But we traded guys that got us a 70-point guy, like Gelchetnik. So, and uh, Pacioretty. So, there you go. Because... Pacioretty because Tatar could be a 70-point guy. And... You know, we traded for guys like Suzuki and stuff like that to help bolster our our our, our uh, prospect pool and bolster our thing. I think Suzuki's going to be a 1C. So before you uh, throw Timmons under the bus, which everyone is doing, really, really look into his drafting history. Look into where he was drafting, the players that were drafted before and after, uh, and uh, who really had control over the draft. Ganey had control over all his drafts. Bergevin tried to have control over his drafts until he realized, you know what, I think Timmons is smarter than me at this. I'm going to give it to you. And so that's that. So have patience. Let's see how this guy, these guys work out, especially Kotke and Emmy. And moving forward, let's, you know, let's be more, less toxic. Yes, I'm saying that on Toxic Tuesday. Be less toxic. Like, I mean, man, our fan base is just terrible. You guys are terrible. And you complain about mediocrity. Oh, we're only a mediocre team, but then you whine that you want playoffs every year. If you want playoffs every year, you're going to have a mediocre team. End of conversation. It's over. If that's what you want, playoffs every year, then we'll trade off our our draft picks. We won't draft high. We won't draft anyone good. We won't draft anyone important. And we'll just keep bringing in players that are just going to make us into the playoffs. Which is everyone saying Bergeron's doing, but that's not really what he's doing. He has a team. That is a playoff team. It just needs depth so that they can overcome injuries to stay a playoff team. And if you can't see that, if you don't realize that, then I think you're kind of blinded by the fact you just hate the guy in charge. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy, stay toxic. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you want to bring up in the show, feel free to message me uh, at Treg33 on Twitter. Uh, congratulations to the... Uh, Winner of a Habs Unfiltered contest who won uh, free tickets to uh, a Habs game. Uh, yeah, I forget the uh, I forget his name because you know I don't pay that much attention. But we're going to announce it on Habs Unfiltered. Uh, yeah, anyone else? Uh, we're going to have a few more contests. I still have a, another uh, Drew and Funko Pop uh, that we're going to give away. And yeah, so anyway. Guys, take care of each other. 
all that kind of stuff. And they're going to do the Jerry Springer thing. It almost sounded like that. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, maybe I'll see you at a game. I'm going to be at the draft. So if you're in Montreal around the draft, come see us. We're going to be with Habs Unfiltered with uh, Potvin and uh, Smitty. And we'll go from there. So have a little patience, and uh, we'll see you. Uh There is no doubt you're in my heart now Said woman, take it slow It'll work itself out fine All we need is just a little patience Do, did, will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.